It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 92. And I thought with all that's going on in the world, I'd do something a little bit different. We will come on to some of the main issues that are happening. But I thought I'd begin with one or two maybe slightly unusual but informative items. First of all, do you recognize this tune? It is, of course, Tom and Jerry, and the director of Tom and Jerry, Gene Ditch, aged 95, died in Prague this week. It's funny, when you hear a tune like that and other bits of music, they can bring back memories from decades ago. And that really is the power of music. It really is just quite incredible. In uh, We have this new podcast, uh, Life in Wartime, uh, from Third Space, and I've just been looking at one, preparing for one on the power of music, and it really is quite astonishing. And then there's this story from Australia. I always find it amazing to think that no human eyes have actually looked at this piece of seafloor before. So you are seeing it uh, at the same moments that we are, and it's, I think it's really special. Our expedition aims to try and fill in some gaps of, in knowledge we have about biodiversity in the deep sea off Western Australia. Uh, it's very underexplored. We haven't had the opportunity to use an ROV such as Sebastian from the Schmidt Ocean Institute. Welcome to the deep sea. Um, I, I didn't know anything about this. I wonder if you know what a siphonophore is. A siphonophore is a creature, well, it's really a collection of creatures that combine into one in the sea. And scientists have discovered what they believe is the longest animal on the planet, a 390-foot siphonophore discovered in underwater canyons near Australia's Ningalo Reef. Um, apparently... Uh, someone, uh, some wag joke that this had made waves at a Wuhan seafood market where chefs are rumoured to be salivating at the, pro at the prospect. But nature's just amazing. It's amazing the, the incredible world that God has created. Well, we create things too. This song from Queen. Okay, why am I playing that? Because this is both amusing and sad. Um, a Japanese company has issued some 3,700 marriage certificates to men who say they've fallen in love 
with their the animated holograms that they produce. Uh, they chat to their digi-sexual owners, these, these gatebox devices they have, and they send encouraging text message, all for about $2,000, I think it is. Someone called Ahiko Kondo, age 36, fell so hard for his device Miko that he spent 15000 on a wedding for 40 guests, even if it isn't legally valid. His family missed out on it. He said, alas for my mother, it wasn't something to celebrate. Man, man, human beings, eh? All right, let's let's um, let's come back to COVID and have a, a think about what's involved here. Who's this? It's Nicola Sturgeon who tweeted uh, that she had just driven home. In actual fact, she'd been driven home in her chauffeur-driven car so she could stand on her doorstep to clap for carers, I believe. I just so struggle with this. You know, let people get on with their job. I appreciate the fact that my some people stood and applauded for my daughter, amongst others, the NHS staff, but politicians especially. They have a job to look after carers, not to go and clap for them. I, I, ugh, I hate all this virtue signaling. Hi, everyone. Ramadan Mubarak. May Allah bless you. Happy Ramadan from me to you. Uh, this is the Baptist minister, Steve Chalk. Now he's wishing Muslims a happy Ramadan. Okay, what's right and what's wrong with that? Well, my next door neighbours, uh, when I lived in Dundee, were Muslims who celebrated Ramadan and I wish them all the best. But I can't wish Muslims a happy Ramadan. Why? Because Ramadan is a festival which celebrates and commemorates Muhammad being given the Quran in 610. Now, does Steve Chalk think that the Quran is something to celebrate? Does he think that Muhammad was given it by God in 610? I don't. Does he? So what's he doing when he's saying, well, we need to celebrate it? I would argue for the right of Muslims to believe that, and I would argue for the right of Muslims to celebrate it. But what's a Christian minister doing wishing people a happy day to celebrate when the Quran came into this world? And for that matter, what's a liberal Democrat councillor? The whole Lib Dem party decided that they were going to do this. It's fascinating, isn't it? I wonder if they do it for any other religion. Not in the UK just now. But I love this story. Ian Manning, a Liberal de Democrat councillor, has been forced to apologise after... <laughs> he, was, he was taking part in what, he called, what they called Lib Dem Iftar, where Liberal Democrats fasted with Muslims for one day on a Saturday. And what did he do? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at this. He tweeted a plate, a photo of a plate of bacon and boiled eggs with the caption, up early to start my fast for Lib Dem Iftar. Really not sure I'll get through to the evening, but we'll see. Apart from being patronising, apart from being gimmicky, apart from being virtue signalling, it's just appallingly ignorant. Because Mr Manning, had to be, it had to be pointed out to him that Muslims do not eat pork. And so he then deleted the tweet and apologised. 
Well, also in the world of religion, there's been an, an interesting development, a story that appeared in Israel in the Jerusalem Times and in various other things. It's not quite what it seems, but it's a story about a new translation of the Bible in Denmark in which Israel is in effect missed out of the New Testament. The term Israel is not used, the Jews is used instead. Now the Danish Bible Society say first of all it, it wasn't them and secondly that that wasn't the intention that people confuse Israel with the modern day nation state of Israel which clearly wasn't the state in the time of the New Testament. But you're going way too far when you reinterpret the Bible in that way. I actually heard a story this week um, from Keith Getty, which shows you how this works in, an, in, in, a, in another context. He spoke about how they were recording a version or doing a version of Psalm 91, and somebody who was publishing it or whatever had said, plague and pestilence, Psalm 91 refers to saving you from the plague and pestilence. And they'd said, in the 21st century, that psalm doesn't make sense. It doesn't resonate with people because plague and pestilence are no longer relevant in the 21st century. Listen, guys, the Bible is always relevant. It's always relevant. When we try and make it relevant, it's when we make it irrelevant. We begin with breaking news. Four police officers have been killed in a horror crash on Melbourne's Eastern Freeway tonight. Reporter Estelle Griepink is at the scene. Estelle, talk me through what has happened. What we believe has happened is that two officers have seen a Porsche driving at excessive speed. They have intercepted it and then impounded it, calling for backup from two other officers. Now, while those four officers have been out here on the Eastern Freeway, two constables and two senior constables, for some reason they have been hit by a truck. At this stage, we're not sure what was those circumstances leading four up to the truck. Four police constables here in Australia were killed in Melbourne by a, a lorry driver who crashed into their car after they had pulled over to deal with uh, this gentleman, a Mr. Pussy, a mortgage broker he'd been pulled over. And he was driving his $150,000 Porsche Coupe at 149 kilometers an hour with memphetamine and cannabis in his system. And he videoed out there's a video out, which is just astonishing. As one of the police officers lies dying, he's filming it and asking what they've done to his beep, beep, beep car. Do you know, I think one of the saddest things about that story is not just that it happened, but that there have been various Facebook support groups in, in, in support of him. Just incredibly sad. No, I don't know. Maybe I could um, end up being in trouble for uh, stirring up hatred against millionaires or stirring up hatred against whatever group you, you end up criticising or individuals. There is a most frightening thing occurring in Scotland and it's a new proposal going through the Scottish Parliament. Now, you'd think that with COVID, they would have enough to do. But no, apparently not. I mean, they, they aren't able to release a report on the state of Scottish education, and they're not going to release it before the next Scottish election. But they are going to put through a new blasphemy law. The old blasphemy law is going to go, but they're going to introduce a new one, uh, Scottish hate laws. Now, 
Our good friend Myrtle Fraser wrote an excellent article in The Scotsman pointing out some of the things that were wrong with that. Let me say, for example, if I'm opposed to same-sex marriage, does that make me guilty of hate towards the LGBT community? Or another way, if someone is critical of the free church, why would anyone be critical of Scottish Calvinists? Does that mean that they're guilty of hate speech? No, according to the police. If I say I don't want to celebrate the Quran coming into this world, am I guilty of hate speech? Lord Brackadale, on whom this law is based, says stirring up hatred is conduct which encourages others to hate a particular group. The intention of the perpetrator is that hatred of the group as a whole is aroused in other persons. Now, but who determines that? I have no desire, for example, with Islam, for people to hate Muslims. In fact, I would utterly deplore that. But does that mean that I cannot be critical of Islam? Does that mean that people can't be critical of Israel if they wish to be? Does that mean that people can't be critical of the church if they wish to be? Does that mean that people can't be critical of Jacinda Ahern? Now, who is Jacinda Ahern? She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who's the absolute darling uh, of the Western liberal progressives at the moment. Um, and by the way, I think she in some ways is a good leader and I think she's done a good job with the COVID-19 stuff and New Zealand is one of the safer countries to be in in the world at the moment. And yet she, along with 80 of her MPs, voted, I mean, this is an astonishing thing, she voted in one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world. There was a care of child born after abortion amendment that was brought forward by an MP, Simon O'Connor. And she was one of them who voted to stop that. This would have required that if a baby was born alive following a failed abortion, a qualified health practitioner or any other health practitioner present at the time the child was born would have a duty to provide the child with appropriate medical care and treatment. And she voted against it. A child after a failed abortion who's born alive. This caring woman who came to protect the weakest and who uh, imposed these very, very strict lockdown on New Zealand in order to prevent death voted for something which would destroy the weakest. Incredible. In Victoria, in the state of Victoria in Australia, scores of babies have been left to die after being born alive during a number of botched terminations. There were 53 terminations of pregnancy after 20 weeks, resulting in life birth, live birth rather, as the Victorian Council reported. Man, how wicked the world is. Let's come back to COVID and the poor. And again, I'm coming back to this and I'm mentioning it again, but a report came out which said that the world is on the brink of a hunger pandemic which could result in 200 million people dying. So in order to prevent people dying from COVID, we're creating a situation where many more of the poor are going to die. Now, again, I was going to say I don't have a problem. I do have some problems, but in general, I think the idea of what's done in Australia, what had to be done in Italy, I think what's had to be done in the UK of shutting down, but there's a price and there's a consequence and it's the world's poor who are going to pay the most. 
Decline in tourism will damage countries such as Ethiopia. Collapsing oil prices, South Sudan. Haiti, Nepal and Somalia will suffer from a collapsing economy. They reckon that they're going to go up from 100 million people per day in the World Food Programme to 265 million people who are starving. What other COVID news? Uh, well, I don't know if this is good news. I thought this was a bit chilling, actually. In Switzerland, children under the age of 10 are now permitted to hug their grandparents. Well, my kid grandparents are coming around this weekend. And I'm going to hug them. I'm sorry, the state doesn't tell me when I can and cannot hug my grandchildren. Whether it's advisable to, I've stayed away from my grandchildren for the past while, but not anymore. All right, some other good news. Um, I'll tell you what, here's a bit of Pink Floyd with a very familiar song. Now, this is good news to do with COVID, and it is to do with money. Well, what good news could there possibly be? Well, here in Australia, we have something called pokies, which are gambling dens, very um, salubrious gambling dens. And the Alliance for Gambling Reform says more than $1 billion has been saved in poker machine losses in the past five weeks. I read a a great report on the ABC uh, talking about how Many people who are addicted to that, they haven't gone on online gambling. They found themselves saving themselves a lot of money. Now here, it's interesting that you'll get people like Daniel Williams in Victoria saying, we've got to save lives and we've got to shut down the economy to do that. But he facilitates a gambling industry which costs lives. Go figure. Go figure. Over 6.5 billion, not million, but billion dollars is lost to poker machines each year in New South Wales alone. If that money was spent in small business, the economy would thrive and many jobs would be generated. And our politicians say, yeah, we're here to save lives. And yet look what they're doing. They're facilitating an industry which takes lives. Oh, well. Uh, We've got a lot of Australian stuff in here because... um, Here's the Australian National Anthem. Australians, oh, let us rejoice, for we are young and free. We've golden soil and wealth for toil, our home is God by sea. Of course, written by a Scotsman, Peter Dodds McCormack. But I play that because this week we remembered the 250th anniversary of Captain Cook landing. Now, people divide into two camps on this. There are those who think, yes, this was a great occasion, everything to commemorate, nothing to be sorry about. And others who say this was imperialism, da 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 you, you know the usual thing. Now, here's the thing. 
Peter Fitzsimons, who I've often criticised, wrote a very good article in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, about this. Cook was a man of his time, and yet there's something quite remarkable about him. It is something to commemorate, but it is also something to think about the way that the indigenous peoples here have been treated and were treated for 150, 200 years, and maybe in some cases still are, in an absolutely appalling way. So I think you can celebrate Cook, but I think you can also show genuine sorrow and repentance for the way that the Aboriginal people were treated. Okay, let me just do a couple of um, Christian things. Number one, uh, here's a little clip of a YouTube thing that's doing the rounds. Then she had her fourth child, and she was so impacted by this teenage boy God had used in that revival of the Hebrides. She named him Donald. And she gave him that Bible, that Hebrides revival Bible. He was born in 1946. He's now the 45th president of the United States. Donald Trump's Bible. Now, Tom Lenny, who's a great historian, lovely Christian guy, his books on revival in Scotland are fabulous. Um, he's written a refutal of this. This claim is nonsense. Donald Trump's Bible is not a Gallic Bible from the Lewis revival. It's just one of those myths, and it's embarrassing that people believe this stuff. It's, well, or that people propagate it even more. Will you, will you, will you be a part of that? Will you? Okay. Um, here's something else just from the, the world of the church. Don't listen to St. Paul, cause I can lead the way. My ministry's growing, excommunication, I'm still glowing. Emptive, just for flowing. Where you think the church is going? Hey, I was baptized, and this is crazy. That's a group of women Catholic priests, or want to be women Catholic priests, singing about they ain't gonna listen to St. Paul. I've been baptized and God has called me. It's honestly, it's cringe, it's awful, really awful, never mind the theology. Preaching for all, don't listen to St. Paul. Well, I hope the Catholic Church holds out against that nonsense. But let me give you something good from the church to finish. A friend, a brother, a preacher, a fine, fine, fine preacher and a fine Christian, Dominic Smart. He came and preached with us many times in St. Peter's in Dundee and was part of the church plant in Montrose. Church of Scotland minister who left the Church of Scotland and was treated abominably, who had a hard time after he left. Well, he has now died. And um, I just, I'm very sad by it, but just listen to this, uh, just a little clip of, in fact, go and watch the whole video of this that Christian Focus took of him. Um, it's incredibly beautiful. There are some days um, and moments where I feel just almost like a little child. Um, you know, any pretense at, at 
adulthood that's got life together and is in control. You know, it's just, that's gone. It's a load of baloney. Um, and I'm just like this little child, curled up, but held. And that has been a deeply um, sustaining experience um, and comforting. And that's for the whole family as well. And uh, so I, I, have to, I have to look ahead to a time when I'm not here. And like you're saying, we're all dying. It's just this is going to happen a bit more quickly than we'd anticipated, unless the Lord um, works to delay that. So I know there's a time I'm not going to be here. I, I, I know that the Lord has my family in his hands. And in actual fact, he always has. Um, so that's a wonderful comfort to me as well. All right. Uh, I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, please, if you want to support Quantum, then you can go to the Podbean fundraiser. Uh, you've got information or ideas. Thanks for the feedback from last week as well. You want to pass this on to folks, please feel free to do so. I'm going to leave you after what we've just heard from Dominic with St. Peter's singing uh, the town end uh, version of town and Getty version of Psalm 23. God bless you and see you next week.